0: i was recently reading a comment on one of the videos i had posted and i noticed that there was a video about swales from greg judy if you don't know who greg judy is he's a grazer here in missouri And he's written a book, which I'm holding in my hand. It is called No Risk Ranching, Custom Grazing on Leased Land. Greg's a good guy. He's got a lot of videos on YouTube, and he grazes cattle the right way on grass. Doesn't use any feed other than hay when he has to. He's up in the northern part of the state. It gets a lot colder up there than it does here. But he was... Talking about some swells that apparently they had put onto a piece of land that he was grazing it wasn't his property. And that's one of the things that he does to a lot of success is he grazes land that he doesn't own. That's his entire premise for the book. But he was talking about some swells that had been installed onto a piece of property he was grazing, and I think it was 10 acres. So I listened to that, and I wanted to respond to a few of the things he said, so I'm going to play a few clips here and just try to take these in sequential order because I feel like there's a little bit of information here that's um, a little off track, and I don't want to see swales or permaculture in general get a bad name because of uh some design errors so let's let's listen to this first clip you know supposedly the
1: advantage of building swales on the on your line or on your property line property is to trap the water up on the hills to keep it up there so it doesn't run off onto your neighbors and so you you have a foot of drop every hundred feet that's the way that they line them up with these lasers
0: Okay, that's not a swale. A swale is by definition on contour, so there isn't any grade on in a swale. It's completely level, and that's the point of it because it stops the water, it spreads the water, and it soaks the water in. If there were any grade in the swale, the water would run off. So in essence, what they have here is a drainage ditch because it's grade, the water's gonna go down that grade no matter how small. And without knowing anything about the design, I would say if these were supposed to be swales, this is a type one error.
1: And so the dozer comes in and and builds this ditch. and puts a bank on the downward side and that is where you plant your trees. So the idea is to plant trees on the back of the swale. The swale traps the water holds it up there, and the trees get a drink every time it rains.
0: Okay, Greg is right. The purpose of swales is it is a tree growing system. That's the intention of a swale system. It's not there to harvest water in and of itself. It's there to harvest the water and then grow a a food forest. It's to take land that's in pasture and turn it into a forest. That's the point of it.
1: Well, what happens in our situation, we have 300 head of cattle and we're trying to graze around these swales. You can't let them in the swales. Because so if you do, they'll just take them out. they just stomp them in. And so you've got to put all these little narrow fences to protect those swales. When you bring cattle in there, they get on this in between the swale strips, and you get a rainstorm, they absolutely trash it. I mean, you're talking feedlot. It looks like it's... A...
0: Okay, we've got entirely two different goals happening here at the same time, and these things are mutually exclusive. You can't graze cattle in an area where you just put in swales to establish a food forest because your trees are going to be too small and the cattle will browse them. So I would say at a minimum for cattle, you'd have to have a a food forest in establishment for at least three years, just depending on what kind of trees you put in there. And you may not ever bring cattle in there. So if, if this is an area where you're going to graze, I don't know why they would have an inclination to establish a food forest because it's going out of pasture and that's the intention so you can graze the lane ways between the swales obviously while the food forest is in establishment for us for instance um i would probably after this this is the second year our trees may be big enough that we could bring some sheep in and graze the area between the swales but There's no way I would bring any cattle into that area, and that is the reason why you have that area segregated and your grazing pasture, you wouldn't put swells into your grazing pasture. You may want to do a key line, but it doesn't make any sense to put swells where you're gonna graze because that's going out of pasture, it's going into a forest.
1: And in the wintertime, you can't get around these swales because you can't get a pickup across them. So you can't feed hay on the swales. You can't get it down to the rest of your farm unless you build a bridge. And that was what we were told to do.
0: Okay. Now I'm really starting to believe there's type one errors happening here because if you don't leave a track to get any equipment or vehicles through, then you've, really defeated the purpose because you've got to have access so like in our case we left about 30 feet between the fence in the beginning of the swales and through the middle I left space between the swales so that I could get a tractor through there or a truck or cows or whatever the case happened to be but you've got to have a way to navigate through your system you got to have a farm track, but that's predicated on the swales being completely on contour and level. Therefore, you can break the swell anywhere you want to because you're not going to have any issues with water running down on the grade and blowing out your ends. So if they had these uh, swells on a grade, then they wouldn't be able to put any tracks through They'd have to be completely uh, continuous because they were gonna be subject to blowouts on each end on the low side. And that's why you don't put swells on any grade at all, because they have to be completely level so that the water can run out on the, each end, and that's the, your level seal. So the water is very, very passive. It sits. And when it overflows, it overflows out on the end in a very passive way. And it doesn't cause any kind of uh, erosion.
1: If you want to go over a swell, you build a bridge.
0: (laughs) So how much... No, that's crazy. Um, I don't know (laughs) who was telling him this, but you don't go over the swell, you go around it. That's why you leave a track. So how much did it cost? Um, we
1: had um, all together well with the consulting services for the swell designer and the dozer we on ended up with 7,000. On how many acres? On 10 acres. $7,000 for 10 acres.
0: So I don't know how many linear feet of swale they installed. I know that for us I ended up paying about 70 cents per linear foot. I had about 1,000 feet of swell, and it cost me about The area that we swelled is three acres, and we did about four swells coming downhill, about four sets of swells. And we had those built with a backhoe.
1: And so if I did the math on that, you know, we're we're trying to trap the water, okay, and keep it up on the hill. You know how many big round bills I could have bought for $7,000? And I rolled those out on those hills and fed them to my livestock. You know how much organic matter I could have built. You know how much water I could have trapped and held up on there. For every one percent increase, for every one percent increase in organic matter that you build in your soil, you hold twenty five thousand gallons of water per acre.
0: Okay, I'm sure Greg has his numbers right when it comes to grass because that he knows that well. And the savanna is the third best. A savanna with ruminants is the third best way to build soil, the first being shallow lakes and ponds, the second being forests, and the third being your savannas. Here in the Midwest, that prairie savanna system was built by the bison herds that traveled back and forth, and those... Lands that became the breadbasket of the United States, which is the places like Nebraska, Kansas, parts of Missouri, and other states, so that when the settlers arrived, the topsoil was so deep that they could grow practically anything, and within just a few years, they turned it into a dust bowl. And the reason why it did turn into a dust bowl was because of plowing. So after the dust bowl happened, the government created the soil conservation program, and that's where swales were actually devised. And the Army Corps of Engineers started building a lot of swales. I have an encyclopedia from the 40s, and it shows a picture in the back of swales being built back in the 30s. And so it's pretty interesting that the principle of swales were actually begun by the U.S. Corps of Engineers. So a lot of people may not realize that. But Mollison mentions it in one of his um, online PDCs, and he says the Americans forgot about it, but we are bringing it back. Something to that effect.
1: And what's happening on those swales now? The swales haven't even vegetated over.
0: Really? No, How many years? because
1: I ripped it open. There's clay under there. That clay has not healed. So we got bare soil now on all these swales. It's been four years.
0: Okay, now this is beginning to get very interesting because the first thing that you do when you build swales, and he doesn't mean the swales haven't vegetated over. What he's saying is the berms haven't. And the first thing that you do when you build your swales is, number one, you want to retain any topsoil that's there it it may not be much but you want to retain your topsoil so you if you have a good operator you can kind of take that off to begin with here in missouri when they're uh trying to dig up fescue and i'm sure that's what it was it's nearly impossible to do that i went through this process and what we had to do was really come in there and just I did one swell by hand because it didn't have a lot of clay in it, and it was easier to break up, but after that, I had them come in with a a rotary tiller and go over the clods and bust it up, and so we were able to build the berms up, and as soon as you get the berms built up with that either busted up clods of grass or if you happen to have the topsoil where where you're at the first thing you do is come in there and you overseed your berms that's the first thing you want to do is get some vegetation growing on those berms so we overseeded with a mix of yarrow sage echinacea and bee balm and actually the echinacea was a I think a seven uh, mi- a seven variety mixture of coneflower I thought it was all echinacea but it turned out to be a a seven variety mixture and you can practically use any kind of ground cover that works for your region it really doesn't make any difference we selected what we selected because of its resistance to deer and also most of that stuff's medicinal and if they didn't see these berms right away and let them sit out there and cook and bake in the sun, then it's going to be harder than terracotta out there, and there's nothing's going to be able to get any purchase. So I'd say another type 1 error right there. I just don't know what's going on with this setup or who did this because it's just not what you would do in a typical swale system trying to establish a, a tree system because he did say in the beginning that they were intending to grow trees. So I don't, I don't follow here.
1: And cedars? And some of the swales have washed out because you get this flow of water now going down. Them, and if you don't get that soil up just right, it'll bust through the dam. Now you got a dang ravine washing down through your farm.
0: Exactly, that's the reason why swales are always on contour, not graded because of exactly what he just said, and I've spoken to that prior to this, but yeah, that's, that's not a swale.
1: Um, okay. So, I, you know, I'm going to say here, I'm not impressed with swales on our operation. Now, in some people's operation, it may work, but just be careful.
0: And this is the reason I wanted to do this podcast, because swales are going to get a bad name, and the fact of the matter is is that this wasn't even a swale system at all. It was a graded ditch. Swales aren't meant for a grazing scenario. They're meant to grow trees. They're meant to grow forests. They're meant to take pasture out of pasture and turn it into a forest, so the entire premise that this was a swell system that failed in function, that's not the case. These were never swells. And I just want to impress that point as vigorously as possible because a lot of people follow Greg Judy, and rightly so. I just think whoever put this notion out that they should swell an area and, and graze 300 cattle on it, it's, that was a, a complete error. That This is a design error. So I'm not faulting Greg in this instance, I'm faulting whoever came up with this uh, idea that they should swell a grazing pasture.
1: I think if you're limited in resources and funds, Man, go find somebody's hay. Buy some old hay. Get you the livestock on the land. Build some organic matter with that hay. That's a good starting point. Plus, you've got something to sell right away. The thing about planting trees on swales, they say, well, you can get these nut crops and all this. That's fine. That's going to take you twenty, twenty-five years.
0: No, this is not true. This is the point in having the swales in the first place. What this kind of system does is fast track a forest. A forest grows on a fallen forest. So what that means is when limbs, leaves, trees themselves fall, they fall on the ground. And because a forest is a fungal kind of a system versus a grass system, which is a bacterial dominated system, the fungal element in the soil is the teeth of the soil. The mushrooms are the teeth of the soil. They break down the wood. They rot and decay the wood in a fast process that builds soil the second fastest of any kind of system, the first being shallow lakes and ponds. The third is savannas or prairie systems with ruminants but nothing builds soil faster than a forest does and it's the fungal environment that we're trying to encourage when we're setting up our food forest so we've got multi varieties in the system not just a single monocrop nut Bearing species or fruit bearing species, but we also have sacrificial trees in there that we're going to use to chop and drop, put that nitrogen fixing material onto the ground around the trees, and accelerate that fungal environment. And we're going to do this and we're going to stack in function, we're going to stack in time. So this is an accelerated version of a forest it's a forest that we want so we specifically put elements in place in placement beneficial placement so that we can take those beneficials and put them exactly where we need them to be when we use beneficial elements placed in beneficial locations this allows us to stack in time really it means to accelerate the process and the way jeff lawton surmises it is this time stacking the event to speed up succession to facilitate a forest that you want
1: how are you going to make your land payment if you can't graze through those swales without tearing your farm to pieces if you're in the grazing business so i'm I guess I'm throwing a red flag up to people that have fairly large herds of cattle. Be careful when you go in and swell your farm. These cattle have a hard time negotiating through those swales with all these wires in place.
0: He's completely right. Uh, I have no idea why on earth you would want to swell your grazing pasture. Most people who want a food forest segregate a portion of their property and make that designated as a food forest. And if there's a grazing, that can take place somewhere else. Um, The primary reason that you'd want to swell something and create a food forest is for food security. This isn't 100% the case, but I would say that most people who are out there trying to create a food forest aren't out there doing it for monetary gain. It's for food security. And if you were going to try to incorporate a, a tree system onto your grazing pasture, there's great examples out there of this that's called silvo pasture.
1: It's a wreck. It's just a wreck. And I can't afford to build the bridge from one swale to the next. I'm not going to do that. That's ridiculous. That's just putting more cost into our our bugaboo that we've already you know find ourselves in so i'm gonna hire a dozer to come in in the next year because the landowner's not happy he is really upset because now he can't access his land because these these swales are all over he can't get over them with his golf cart he barely get over with a four-wheeler and so the parts that you can't get access to on your farm is doing what screwing up into brush and he's not a happy camper And so if we lease land and we have an unhappy camper, we lose that lease. So now I'm going to have to spend another $3,500 minimum to bring a dozer in there to fill in all these swales.
0: (laughs) No, you won't be spending $3,500 to backfill any swales. What you'll be doing is backfilling a lot of drainage ditches. Because if they were swales and they were on contour, then you could simply fill in certain places and create a track that you could get your equipment and cows through. And obviously, if there's a grade, 1% grade, then you can't go in there and create a road unless if you laid a culvert down, you you could make yourself a road. And I don't know if he wanted to look at that for a lower cost solution, but Still you're running the water off of the low side of the ditch and it's going out somewhere. I don't in in this case what you're doing is is you're draining the property. Yeah, this just sounds like a complete type one disaster to me. I, I, I feel for Greg or the property owner because this this wasn't this wasn't thought out. And I hope this wasn't a permaculture designer because it breaks one of our main tenets, which is prolonged and thoughtful observation rather than protracted and thoughtless labor. And I mean, to literally dig a ditch and then backfill it for $10,000, talk about a waste of money, time, and effort. I wish I knew more about what happened with the design process of this episode because what ends up happening a lot of times is people get they get the permaculture bug and then pretty soon they want to go out there and make hugel mounds and dig swales and just throw everything at the wall but it's based on what you're trying to accomplish you need to have a clearly defined Goal first, and then that'll dictate the type of methods and techniques that you'll need to use to accomplish that goal. And in this case, if your goal is to graze cattle, the last thing you want to do is put a whole lot of trees and ditches in your grazing pasture. And in this case, the implementation wasn't done properly, and now and I don't know if this was a permaculture designer or not. It may not have anything to do with permaculture at all. But just from what he said about growing trees, I have a suspicion that it is. And now that is going to be a black eye on permaculture or swells specifically because the implementation wasn't correctly done. And a person like Greg Judy carries a lot of authority and he's calling a red flag and that swales don't work. And that's the reason I wanted to bring attention to this because, you know, if it's labeled as a swale system but it's actually something else, it's, it's detrimental to the, that technology. And swales do work. Permaculture does work. But if it's not implemented properly, then you can really have some bad situations especially when it comes to earth moving so folks be careful use prolonged and thoughtful observation, so you won't have to go through protracted and thoughtless labor and thanks for listening to perimeter cast catch you next time